welcome to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. This is one of 30 episodes you're getting across November 2021, all for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte and today I'm talking to Vicky Holland. Now Vicky joined me on the podcast because she wanted to talk about her twin sister and her friend, both who died from pancreatic cancer. Vicky began by talking to me about her sister. She was very different to me with twins, obviously. But she, I'm, I was tall and dark, and she was always short and fair. Uh, very bubbly, outgoing, um, full of life sort of personality. Um, always lived for the moment and just generally enjoyed herself. Quite sporty, um, uh, fun-loving. She, had, uh, she was married, had two um, boys, my nephews, uh, Charlie and Sam. Um, and we are we are two of five children, so we have two sisters and a brother as well. So we're a very large, close knit family. Um, and and Mags was very family orientated and just loved being part of that. I feel terribly rude asking how old she was when she was diagnosed because I'm going to give away your age as well, and it's awfully rude to say that. But but how yeah. old how old was she when when she got diagnosed? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I have always, ever since uh, she got ill and died, I always think getting old is a privilege anyway now. <laughs> so um, she was 40, we were 42 when she was diagnosed and 43 when, uh, when she died. Tell me about what that was like for the, for the diagnosis. How did, what, was the, what were the first kind of signs? What was the, the, the initial kind of going to the doctor moment? The, the main thing was abdominal pain. Um, quite actively, she started to feel, she went skiing in the February um, and was was fine, and then started to had a couple of odd episodes which didn't really resonate as anything at the time, but since we sort of thought were connected. Um, but then she started getting bad abdominal pain in about the March April, um, and uh, made her very uncomfortable. I remember over the Easter period, couldn't get comfortable. We didn't really know what it was, and the doctors weren't weren't particularly bothered or sure what it was so um, she sort of carried on and then she she had been training to do a Tough Mudder event sort of one of these 12 mile obstacle things 
and um, she after a particular after a couple of training runs that she would normally have done fine, she, she was really exhausted, etc. And then she got these pains in her legs and and got taken into hospital, and they sort of. Um, were worried about her leg at the time um, and then they ended up doing scans and that is when they found these sort of shadows and and then it ended up being this diagnosis um, completely shockingly and out of the blue in uh, early May. And what was that like for you being because I always when I listen to people's stories I go gosh that person's really close to me in age or that's a similar, you know, they're healthy, I'm healthy. What was it like for you as a twin, knowing that you've got that special bond, hearing that your sister had pancreatic cancer? Uh, well, completely devastating. Um, and I don't know, you sort of just, you, you don't think of it and um, you sort of go into a, a, a different realm and I don't, it, it was just kind of, what can we do? What can we find out about it can't be real um uh and just you know we just launched into this thing of of what we do to to sort of get through it and out of it um oh you know as a family we didn't know anything about it at all as a lot of people don't um and we kind of it just became a succession obviously of consultant appointments and um uh, and plans and we were just in this thing. It just became a thing that we we kind of just were in and sort of filled with hope. And then on such roller coaster ride, really throughout the whole thing, because there were, there were all the treatments and and then and then as a family, we'd we'd sort of look up things and and then you know Doctor Google and all of the rest of it and find out the worst and and tell her not to look at things. And um, but it was just it was a, it was. Um, it's hard to describe properly really because it's such a it's so out of the blue um and 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 very dif- difficult to um to process even now to be honest yeah and that's that entirely natural because sort of the twin thing as well like you've been with each other from day dot <laughs> you know, there was no time apart such and i guess it, that that's the impact of it all it's going to be extraordinarily hard to process especially if she was training for a tough mudder, which is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination, it's not called tough mudder for for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that is an obstacle course and a half. Um, so, you said you as a family you were close. Were you close in where you lived? Did you live close to each other as well as being obviously like emotionally close? Um, uh, she and I lived reasonably close to each other. We we lived to to sort of nearish each other in London for years, and then. At the time of her diagnosis, she was living sort of in Woodford, just around, sort of on the in in Wood in Essex, but just sort of very accessible to London and working in London. And I was sort of on the other side of Buckinghamshire. So we would sit, but we would so we we're about forty-five minutes apart, and we would see each other regularly, especially with having the young children. And um, we 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 always saw each other regularly and spoke every day. Um, and then our other siblings. Live in various places. One 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 lives abroad in Germany, and and the others sort of live, you know, in, in on the south coast and in Wales. But you know, we all we all talk and meet up regularly. Yeah, and in age group, you know, I mean, it's just staggered. So Mag and I were the youngest of five, um, so ranging so from eight year my eight years oldest, uh, older than us down. So um, yeah, we were kind of close in both respects, really. And what was it like? 
for your sister getting a diagnosis? How was she affected by it? Because it's it's interesting to hear how the people who have been di- the patients who've been diagnosed deal with these things because it's different, I think, for family and for the person hearing that that news. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I think the hardest thing she found was acceptance. It was. It was just hard for her to accept it. She was, as I said, she was so sort of hit, fit and healthy, you know, and, and all of the things you read about, about that, you know, as, as being indicators or, or making you more likely to, to, to have it. She just didn't fit into any of the categories or her age or anything, you know, and so it was, she just couldn't um, accept really that it was happening to her. It was so sudden and so unexpected. We didn't have any family history of it as far as we were aware. Um, and um, it was, it was just, very difficult right until the very end for her to accept that she had something like this and, and you know actually our family and especially our maternal line uh the, the, the women always live till quite an old age and you know and we're all very fit and healthy and, and as i remember her saying to me you know we if when you go to the doctor or you go and have any kind of sort of screening and you always have to tick whether there's any history of this this and this in the family we we never had anything to tick. You know, we were always really, you know, lucky and, and healthy with things. So um, it, it was just such a massive shock um, uh, that I think she she felt that she, she must be able to beat it because, it, you know, it, it, this couldn't be the right ending for her sort of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that was her... She tried to stay positive throughout, but um, but she it, her biggest problem really was having not being able to accept it, and that was a problem towards the end actually when she was really poorly, because then you couldn't make plans and adequately really because she couldn't accept that that it was really going to be the end. That must have been hard as a family as well, because you know, like you said, it's the making plans and and because there's a lot of admin that comes with this sort of thing, which sounds utterly flippant and it's not meant to sound as flippant as it came out but there's a lot of stuff that you need to do isn't there yeah it was more rather than admin it's more about you know what what she wanted for the children what she wanted us to tell the children about her you know what what you know what what we needed to do I mean you, you kind of naturally fall into it anyway because we kind of brought our children up in a similar way and and she had a husband there who was going to do what he needed to do anyway but it, you know there were there was we were we we were worried she couldn't she didn't talk to the boys about the fact that she was dying it was never talked about in that way it was that mummy was ill and she was having this medicine to make her better but at the moment it was going to make her more ill that sort of thing um you know it that i think that's what made it hard that she she couldn't we couldn't talk about it openly like that um you know, we talk about fun times and and then nostalgically, but then it would always have to turn to what we were doing now to to make things better. And obviously, sadly, she died. How how did that affect you all as a family? I mean, it's, it sounds like such a daft question to ask. Of course, it's going to affect you all as a family. But but how you know you you know being the youngest was that was that particularly difficult? Do you think? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think we all suffered terribly in our own ways because we each had a close relationship with her um and you know when that when that person is no longer there it changes the dynamics for everybody you know and um it was just incredibly hard on us all um you know we came together in an amazing way you know 
when she died and while she was ill, you know, and you know, supported her while she was suffering and and then supported each other afterwards. Um, but obviously it's hard and it's still hard. I mean, I remember the first year or to maybe two, we got together at New Year thinking it would be a good thing to do to be together at that sort of time of the year. And then we all turned around and said, let's stop doing this because it was just so hard um, being together in family situations where someone, you know, where she was missing. Um, so, and uh, you know, it still goes on to be hard. We, we you know, it was my 50th birthday in June which you know which was difficult in some ways but you know all the family came to 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 stay with me that weekend and we had a bit of a cry and we had a bit of a laugh and you know it's um it's still it'll always affect us you know it'll just go on but um you 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 learn to live with it i you know you get to know what people mean by those phrases and it's true you never stop missing them but you learn to cope with it a little more and then from not having a clue about pancreatic cancer, watching your sister go through it and then die. And then, you know, I'm sure you're thinking, that's the end of it. Don't need to worry about pancreatic cancer. Not don't need to worry about pancreatic cancer anymore, but that's it. No one else is going to be affected by it. And then to have a second person affected by pancreatic cancer. Tell me about, tell me about your friend. What was she like? Well, Helen was a, a school friend of mine, um, and mine and Mags, um, who we've known since we were 12. Um, and then she 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 sort of she did lots of travelling and then ended up in London like like us. So we 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 always were in touch with her and you know saw her and um, and she was the most bubbly person. She was a, she used to sing. She used to do anything to get on stage. Um, she was just effervescent sort of thing. And um, and she again yes as you say you know you don't expect to go through this. Um, twice and it, well, if anything more more I, I had more concerns and still do about our family sort of you know because you hear these awful stories within families but certainly not a close friend and um uh Helen we were meeting together we got when I as I said I was I'm from Wales and and um some, some a group of us old school friends get together you know every so often in Wales and, and we went back there um a couple of Novembers ago and she came and she said she was suffering from this excruciating back pain and it had been going on a lot of the year off and on um, uh, and it was really then after shortly after that she'd gone back for yet another doctor's trip and, uh, and uh, as you've probably heard lots of times and, and they finally did the scans and finally um, diagnosed her. Her symptoms are quite different to my, to my sister's to be honest you know as I said Mags had abdominal pain predominantly Helen had this awful back pain predominantly, um, but but it, that that was horrific. What you know to find that out that again just unbelievable, really. You know, very very difficult to process. Um, and I and I and, and my other friend, you know, we went with Helen to, to chemo and and went to be with her at various times. Um, and and what was really hard, it was really hard for her. I mean, I was very conscious it was hard for her knowing that you know being with me knowing that my sister her friend had died from this thing that she was trying to convince herself she could fight and, and beat and she used to say to me and her husband used to say to me it's not the same as as it was with mags things have moved on medicine's moved on there's lots going on in america we've done the research and and helen's going to get through this and and you know much as i love them for their optimism i didn't I knew it wasn't, you know, I knew it's something that you, they just had to do to, to get through it. 
Um, but unfortunately, you know, she, she, the same story, she did various rounds of horrible, horrible chemo and, um, and had sort of little periods of being okay or seemingly okay. And, and then suddenly went into a decline. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was horrific and, and again, still is. <laughs> it's just really unfair isn't it that's the that's what i'm getting it's just bloody unfair and bloody not right (laughs) that's how i'm reacting well you know helen similarly was actually was only a few years older you know we were only sort of whatever 40 48 i think she was um and you know slim and fit and healthy three three young girls um and uh, you know didn't overdo drink or you know all of the things she just didn't fall into the category and no history of it no family history of it you know that so that makes it even more you know if if, if I'd known someone who fell into the categories more and got it that even that would make it more sense to me you know but we you know a lot of us were sort of saying was there something around the area we lived you know it's kind of is that kind of thing you start thinking is there was there a pylon can you get it from that you know it's kind of it, it's just it's just so bizarre it's just really um cruel and yeah it's hard to, hard to understand what would be your your message to people listening about about your experience um so that's a difficult one i mean i i, I think the, the the key thing is obviously and, and i know pancreatic cancer uk and other uh, pancreatic cancer charities try and you know trying to raise awareness and I do my little bit to, to help with that but you know in terms of know your symptoms and um don't just don't think anything is too minor a symptom you know if you're feeling it and it's it's out of the ordinary then go and get it checked out on the other hand that the thing that I find scary is that even if if you do that early on and you you are diagnosed with it there's still very little because there's so little funding, etc. There's so very little that can be done. You know, there are various treatments and people do survive, but it's such a small number. So it, 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 I don't have a particularly positive message about it because it, it, if I'm honest, I, I kind of tend to think if, if I am going to have it, I almost don't want to know about it until it, the very, very end because, you know, the thought of going down that chemo route that when you know that you're not actually going to survive it or even the Whipple, which I know is can be successful, but again, a, a huge procedure and life-changing. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a difficult one. It's one of those cancers that, unfortunately, you just don't you just don't want to get diagnosed with because the outcome is 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 bleak. Feel free to say I don't want to answer this, but how much does it play on your mind? The possibility of getting it. Um, I it, I, tr- I tr- obviously try not to let it, but I am certainly more. Um, paranoid is perhaps the wrong word but I'm just I'm, every single pain and whatever that I get I think I think about now more than I more than I ever would have done and when I when actually when my when my sister was first diagnosed and then throughout there and, it, and after, just afterwards I went to the doctor probably more in that time than I've ever gone um, ever in my life before that um, so it does it does and probably more than I realise actually I, I'm not you know um and it's not just that it's just an an increased awareness that any cancer can affect anyone so you know it's not just getting the sort of pancreatic symptoms it's anything i kind of think oh that'll be me getting the (laughs) cancer then you know it does it it totally plays on 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 my mind it's difficult for it not to
Thank you so much to Vicky for spending time with me and chatting to me for the podcast. And thank you for listening. Please share this podcast, leave us a review and a rating. It all helps other people be able to find the podcast more easily. We're here every day in November, raising awareness of pancreatic cancer. You can find out more about what we do at purplerainbow.co.uk. And I'll be back tomorrow.